Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Love and caring takes many forms. What happens when you combine a creative idea to help some of the most misunderstood and marginalized Americans in a way that everyone will love? In short, you have a sweet and wonderful way to make caring amazing. This is your host, Bob Williams, and I'm very pleased to welcome to the show today, Beaver Shriver. He is co-founder of Rise and Nice, a downtown Sarasota coffee and ice cream shop that employ people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. In this episode, you'll hear one thing most people don't know about Beaver, the childhood friend who influenced Beaver to a lifelong commitment to philanthropy, where the idea for a coffee and ice cream shop for the differently abled came from, stories that will melt your heart, the inclusion revolution, how you can get involved, and much, much more. I'm so glad you stopped by today, as it is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Beaver Shriver, founder and chair of Inclusion Revolution and co-founder of Rise and Nice Coffee and Ice Cream Shops. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on because unfortunately, since I've not been by your coffee shop and I know it's down there on State Street, uh, I have seen you quite a bit on social media and some of the local magazines here. And I said, I got to get this guy on my show to see what uh, Rise and Nice is all about. Because it looks really, really fascinating, the type of work that you're doing. And I want to share all that with our listeners. But I always start off with my favorite question, which is, what is one thing that most people don't know about Beaver Shriver? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> I get asked it every once in a while or when I. I saw people often get a chuckle out of my name, and I introduced myself as, as Beaver Shriver, Beaver like the animal. So there is a real name that's involved. <laughs> uh, my real name is Beverly. Uh, the full name is Beverly Randolph Shriver III. So it's a mouthful. <clears throat> and that, uh, that really made the first day of school pretty tough growing up. <laughs> right, so... Beverly Shriver, the teacher would call out and everybody would laugh. And, and I got to say, well, you can call me Beaver. So they all got to laugh again. Well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> well, I, I prefer Beaver. I really prefer Beaver. We, I was Works sharing for with me. 
Yeah, I was sharing with you before um, before we went live. Uh, I'm the youngest of three brothers. My grandfather's name was Alan Graves Williams. The nickname for Graves is Gravy, G-R-A-V-Y. My Perfect. father was Gravy Jr. My oldest brother is Gravy the <laughs> Third. And my my old my uh, his oldest son is Gravy the Fourth, so they go by G three and G four. So oh, perfect. We'll keep it rolling. Well, well you can imagine friend in the world his his name is Wally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, Wally yeah. From Leave It to Beaver. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, okay. All right. We're going to get into this, but I do have to share this little piece with you. My brother went off to a boarding school and his counselor's name was Dan Berger. It became very close to him one night. He became close to the family. And so when he got, when Dan got married, he wanted to name his first son after gravy. So it's going to be gravy burger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Perfect. And well, fortunately, well with it. Yeah, fortunately, the wife put the kibosh on that. So <laughs> they named him Andy. So uh, <laughs> Andy Burgers did a gravy burger. That works. Okay, well, good. We're having a lot of fun <laughs> right off the off the uh, off the bat here. Well, so you you have an interesting background because um, you, you've published. You, you spent a lot of time in the, in the publishing industry. Uh, over a hundred high end magazines, upscale travel brochures. You know, you're skilled. You know, marketing exclusive products and services. Uh, you really to high end clients. How did you get into that, and, and why did that kind of appeal to you? So, most of that was for uh, the fly fishing industry, the fly fishing travel industry. Uh, I grew up fly fishing. My grandfather on one side was a fly fisher, and my grandmother on the other side uh, was a fly fisher. So it's just something that I always did, and uh, opened up a little fly fishing shop years ago in Hot Springs, Virginia, in the sticks in the mountains of Virginia. And uh, and that ended up with an opportunity to consult for a fly fishing travel company, which was great fun. So I got to fly fish around the world and check out all these amazing places. And uh, and marketing those services to our clients was, was where I got to do all the, all the publishing work. It was great done... fun and took me around the planet. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's very, very cool. I, I will say I've done a lot of fishing. I've never done fly fishing. But, uh, we, again, we were sharing. I've done fishing, of course, down the Florida Keys and uh, a little bit in the Caribbean. But uh, I've never done fly fishing. And I hear that's a whole different animal. Well, it's never too late. So I'm happy to tune you up on your casting and get you on the water and see what the fish think of you. What's, so did you organize uh, these trips, or was it just kind of the marketing piece of it and the, bro and the uh, magazine brochure ads? So uh, I, I needed to go. <laughs> I needed to go to all these different destinations to, uh, to learn what they were all about, to be able to write about them and to be able to help people learn what's the best place to go for Atlantic salmon fishing in the world. What's the best bonefish destination? What's the best for tarpon? Whatever it might have been. And, uh, mm. So that. That made it fun. <laughs> yeah, t tarpon is what I really would like to catch on a fly because they're such dynamic fish, I, and I just I would just really like to have that experience someday. So so hope springs eternal. So maybe you and I can take a trip here one day. Sounds good. Well, I can do it right in this area, right in the Sarasota area, so we don't have to go far. Where, where did the ice hockey school come in? Well, I grew up playing ice hockey just from. 
early on, my mother used to figure skate, so she threw them in the ice when I was, I don't know how old I was, a couple of years old. <laughs> Just started skating, and then hockey was a huge part of my life growing up. Played all the way through college and, and had a good time. Oh, really? I, I mean, did you, so you, you played through college. I mean, was this D1, D2 schools, or? It was D1. Yeah, I played oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was at Dartmouth. So the only hockey game I've ever been to, believe it or not, was in Kentucky. And it was a club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, it, was, it was a club team down there, and uh, it was like a brand-new club team. And some team from Michigan came down and just smoked them. And, uh, and it was like 11 to, you know, four, you know, in the third Ooh, period. That's not good. And, 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 and halfway through the, halfway through the period, you know, I don't forget the, I just remember the Kentucky coach kind of, it was angry about something. It was yelling at the refs and, um, uh, somebody from the stands yells out. He says, come on, ref, give us a break. We only get ice twice a year down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's all my experience with hockey, but, uh. Well, let's let's get into what you're really known for, which of course is uh, the Inclusion Revolution and Rise, Rise and Nice Coffee and Ice Cream Shops. Um, and I'm going to send people to your website because they really got to see what you're doing there, which is which is which is to me, uh, you know, quite special. And I'll just you know share what your kind of your tagline there with the Rise and Nice Coffee. And ice cream is which we champion for individuals, intellectual and developmental disabilities. And we serve others by raising funds and awareness through nonprofit and philanthropic endeavors. What was the catalyst for starting this group? So I have a long family history uh, with Special Olympics. Uh, it's been part of my life forever. Uh, it started out as, as Camp Shriver, as some people may know. <laughs> and now it serves almost 6 million athletes around the world. So again, part of my life for a long, long time. And I grew up with a friend outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, who has autism. We did everything together growing up. And Barry is his name. When he timed out of school at age 18, he got a job. He was uh -huh. the only guy from his class that got a job. He went to a special school called Meadow Road School outside Pittsburgh. Uh, so one out of 30 got a job. And even way back then, I just, I just didn't think that was right. He just retired at the end of last year, 42 years after doing the same job. Best guy they ever had working there. All the other workers were saying, Barry, slow down. You're making us look bad. And, uh, and was just an amazing, amazing guy for them to have on their staff. And so I just thought, my gosh, this is just, I didn't think it was right uh, 42 years ago. And still don't think it's right that uh, the people like Barry... Uh, don't have an opportunity like the rest of us do. 80% of that population, people with a disability, never get a job. And uh, and they're very capable. They have amazing abilities. And we just need to give them a, a chance to, uh, a chance at a job, a chance to show their abilities. So that's that was my big impetus for starting the Inclusion Revolution, the nonprofit that supports our coffee and ice cream shops that are called uh, Rise and Nice. Well, that, that is fascinating. I did see a program not too long ago where this young man was, um, he, he had Asperger's, I think it was. And uh, obviously his social skills were, were not, you know, great at all because he had a very strong dose, you know, he, he, dose of it for whatever term you want to use. 
but he had extraordinary concentration abilities and he worked mm-hmm. at a bike shop and whenever a bike needed to be assembled, he just had phenomenal abilities to focus and to, to put the bike together and it was just uh, worked there for years and was just really, really an, uh, a cherished um, employee of the shop. And so I, I think some of us who are not really initiated or don't think about that, like they have uh, they or or folks with with um, intellectual or developmental disabilities they have other abilities which are can be real value adds to everyday organizations absolutely it's um I, th- I think what's happened with this whole thing when I was a kid people with down syndrome and other other uh, developmental or intellectual disabilities would often be sent to the state institution parents would be told oh my gosh your child as Dan syndrome, I'm sorry, he or she's never going to mount anything. So you probably should just send them to the state institution to be cared for, which is just, it's ridiculous. Uh, our morning barista, her name is Kelly. Uh, she has Down syndrome. She can make uh, whatever latte you want, do it with oat milk and put in all the fancy caramel, anything you want to do. But she also happens to be a competitive ballroom dancer. And again, to think that years ago she would have just been sent away, dismissed, discarded, uh, sterilized, forgotten. It's just, it's a tragedy. She remembers everybody's name. She remembers what drink you get. She'll come and do a salsa or a waltz out in the middle of the shop just because there's a fun song on it she likes. She's an amazing woman. And again, to think that years ago she would have just been forgotten. It's, it's a tragedy. So to me, a big part of what we're doing in our shop we're giving people jobs. We have 35 that work with us. Most of them never had a job, and, and they all have intellectual developmental disabilities. Now there's an opportunity for people to get to meet them, which to me is just as important as them having a job. People get to see, my gosh, look at Kelly. She's amazing. I never thought that somebody with Down syndrome could have these amazing abilities. And there's a story for everybody in the shop. So it's just it's amazing to be able to, to provide a space for these guys to have a job and also the space, the opportunity for people to meet them. And I'm sure the smiles that they bring to people's faces goes way beyond the sweetness of the ice cream. <laughs> it does. It's uh, just to see the faces. And sometimes it's not all smiles. Sometimes it's tears. Parents will come in, uh, special ed teachers will come in and they look around and say, oh, my gosh, I mean, th- this is what we've worked for. As a teacher or a jobs coach, this is what we've worked for for years, and here it is happening in front of my face. Families come in and say, my gosh, here's an opportunity for Josh. When he times out of school at age 22, there might be something for him to do. It might be an opportunity. Otherwise, Josh goes home and sits and has nothing to do. Oh, my. When, when I was a kid growing up to about the age of 12 or 13, I lived in a very tiny community way, way, way out in a rural area. And a the, the town that I grew up in was about 500 people. One grocery store, Davis's grocery store. But my friend, my my best friend at the time, Tim Priest. Tim, when you listen to this, uh, I'm making you famous right now. But Tim Priest. <laughs> but but Tim Priest was my dearest friend and is today. His brother was um, had Down syndrome. His name was Stevie, and he was older older than Tim. But I always said he was like the the puppy that never grew up. And I don't mean to say that by any stretch of imagination, uh, demeaning at all. But the thing, he was always happy to see you. 
And he was such a rich part of my upbringing and I miss him dearly. He's long since passed away, but, um, he would giggle and he would laugh. And, um, I think, and I know for sure if there were organizations like yours back then, he would have had an opportunity to contribute in that way and would have done it willingly and lovingly and happily. And, but he was just loved by that entire little community right there. It's important to give these guys a chance to be seen and to be heard. You know, Barry, my friend growing up, his mom would say, Barry, you know, you're, you're going to participate in everything. You're going to go play tennis with everybody. We're going to the mall together. You know, he wasn't sequestered at home. He was put out there. And, uh, and again, Barry and I did everything together. I was proud to be with him. And, and it just needs to happen more. The, the, uh, I think it might be a fear of difference. So, again, we put these guys in institutions families were embarrassed or whatever the issue was or even is. So we don't see these guys. They're put on a special bus. They're put in a special classroom. They need to be included. It, it needs to be an everyday thing that, that you meet these guys and you see them out working and you see them out going to the movies and, and at Target. Um, so it just becomes a normal thing. It's not like, whoa, look at that guy or, you know, he looks a little funny or boy, she, right. she, she talks kind of weird. But just it just to be normalized that, that they're part of the community, part of the population, and, and here they are. They want everything that, that we all want. They want to get married. They want to have a job. And a lot of those things just don't happen for, for this, this group. There's just not a format for it. So, so how many employees do you have? We have 35. Yeah, some, some work every day for two, three hours, uh, and, and others work two hours a week, just depending on their ability, depending on how far away they live, uh, the schedules, all that sort of thing. Do, do, so do you have some, it's, I mean, of course, everybody has an onboarding system, so you have to assess you know, what the abilities are. So tell us about mm -hmm. that. So uh, when we first opened up, we had 35 people that showed up, and we said, all right, what are we going to do with everybody? And so we just had to figure it out. So, for example, uh, Ricky, who is this, he's a pretty small guy, he probably weighs 75 pounds with, rocks in his pockets. Um, he's a short guy too, so couldn't really see up to, to run the register. Wasn't a fan of coffee. Well, Ricky, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to scoop ice cream. And, and he's tiny. And so we thought, well, how are we going to get Ricky to scoop? <laughs> so we got one of those, what was it, the 70s or the 80s with the step workouts, you know, where you put on your bandex and do the step stuff. Anyway, Jane, we got Jane, him. Was that Jane Fonda or was it Tybo? <laughs> Jane Fonda. So we got him one of those steps so he could reach up and scoop ice cream. And he's a rock star. He works three, four days a week, and he, he's our main scooper in the afternoon. And uh, so Ricky found his spot. Uh, and then others, again, with Kelly really didn't work on the coffee side so she could make all her fancy drinks, but that's a real sort of social side. And she's a big social butterfly. So that, that worked perfectly for her. So it's just a matter of figuring out uh, abilities, likes, dislikes, and then uh, give it a go. Show Kelly how to work the coffee machine and, and she's off to the races and show Julia how to work the register. And just like anybody coming in, I have many people come in the shop and say, gosh, I'd love to hire uh, some people like this. Uh, how do you do it? And I tell them, well, you hire them and you show them how to do the job, just like 
anybody else. Like anybody else. Like anybody. Yeah. What's so? What's tell? Share some more about the um, kind of the response that you're seeing from the public. So it's it's a really cool space we have. It's it's a it's a really nice shop. So when you walk in, many, many people come in and don't have any idea what's going on. They say, "Oh, let's go get a coffee. Let's grab a scoop," and they place their order and grab their coffee and go sit out front. And uh, they have no clue what's going on, which to me is perfect. Uh, I want it to just be a coffee and ice cream shop. It shouldn't matter who's ringing you up. And, Absolutely. And the Absolutely. Telegraph Down to Major Coffee. It shouldn't make any difference. But for now, it does. So I try and let everybody know. They've got a giant mission statement on the wall <laughs> with colorful bleeding hearts painted behind it. We've got flyers all over the place and little posters talking about what we're doing. But people come in, they see latte and peanut butter fluff ice cream, and, and away they go. So I try and talk to as many people as I can. Our team members are there to, to share the mission. And uh, it's interesting to walk out and, and let somebody know, hey, how's your, how's your coffee? How's your ice cream? Oh, it's good. And then I ask, well, do you know what's going on in the, in the shop? Do you know what's happening? And uh, many people will know what's, what's up. So I give them the rundown of the mission, and, and it's it's fun to be able to do that um it's rewarding to be able to do that but also kind of frustrating um just again because these guys just don't get it get a chance but again here they are running the show running the shop and i get to hang around and give people stickers and talk about the mission <laughs> I, i'm i'm i'll tell you what right after we get off this uh, episode i'm heading down and i'm going to get myself <laughs> some ice cream even though i'm still trying to lose from the, uh, lose my weight from the holidays. I'm heading down there because I have to see this firsthand. So, what are the real challenges? I mean, I would assume that you need some, for lack of a better term, more able-bodied staff that's going to have to have sometimes the patience to to assess their abilities. Or, or uh, you know, are 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 you involved with it all? So I'm involved a good bit, and Chef co-founder Christian Nye, he's he's down there every day as well. Uh, we have two managers, uh, a morning manager and an evening manager, both of whom have a disability. But that's, that's kind of how the show runs. We've got, we've got team members in place that can handle their area like no other. Uh, they help to train the others. Um, so it's, it's people with disabilities running the shop. Again, it's their show. It's their shop. It, it's all about them. And we're just there to support, whether it's with the paperwork end of it, which if you could see my desk, you'd understand that there's a little bit of paperwork involved, uh, and and chef is in the back. Chef Christian Nye, he's an executive chef, uh, culinary of in- culinary institute of America, Hyde wow. Park trained yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's back there preparing all this amazing food. All the ice creams made fresh every day, muffins, crow nuts, beignets, locally roasted coffee. So we're giving these guys the tools to succeed. So the people love. But they're eating and drinking. They love the mission, so they're going to come back. This sounds incredible. Which, what was the genesis of the eye for this? Now, I, I know that you, know, since you were you were a young kid, you were involved with Special Olympics, one, and your family is very instrumental in that. But what particularly about a coffee and ice cream shop? What what was where did that idea come from? So people like coffee. I, actually, I don't drink coffee, so figure that one out. Decaf. <laughs> No decaf. I'm a hot chocolate guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so 
many, many people really enjoy their coffee. And that's generally speaking a morning thing. And ice cream. People like ice cream. Sure. Uh, we're in Florida. So I thought, my gosh, let's open up some kind of business that has a, a day long thing to offer. And uh, so it's, it's in the morning all the way until night. So we open at nine in the morning. We're there till nine at night. On weekends, we stay open until 10. So it just gives a nice long time period in which to have more people uh, with a job. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, there I used go. to be in the coffee oh, business. Energy. Yeah, I used to be in the specialty coffee business years ago uh, in Cincinnati. And uh, uh, so I'm a big time coffee guy, but I still like you, Beaver. <laughs> I'll eat Hot coffee chocolate. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, so, so certainly right now, there's been so much talk about the employment shortage. Mm -hmm. And of the 35 employees that you have, obviously, there's certain abilities that, that are there and certain abilities that are not. But of course, that's with every business. But uh, have you so have you run into a shortage or is are the uh, employees that you have more consistent? Are they more willing? Is it attitudinal? I mean, g give us a perspective on that. So when we opened, we had 35 uh, people that uh, that we started with. <clears throat> I felt like Oprah on the on the sort of jobs jobs opening day. You've got a job, and you've got a job. It was it was fun. <laughs> uh, we still have 35. A couple of them moved away, so they were replaced. The big thing for us, there's so many like these guys that would love to have a job. Right now, I have almost 300 people on the wait list. Oh, my goodness. I've never hung up a sign saying, hey, we're hiring, or done a Facebook post asking for, for people to apply. Um, these guys just find the website, find a tiny little button that says job application, and I get four or five a week. There just aren't opportunities for these people. And again, for a variety of reasons, the fear of difference. How do you do it? Can they do it? I need three people to keep an eye on Sarah or whatever it is. So it's really frustrating. One of my goals is to get more of these people employed so they could work anywhere. Again, you show them the job. Right. Obviously depends on their abilities, uh, but you show them how to do it and, and off to the races they go. So for us, there's certainly no shortage of, of people who want to work at Rise and Eyes. And again, my hope is that many of these people who have applied, we can find them a job somewhere else. And again, the hope is that business leaders come in or business owners come in the shop and they see Kelly working and they see Julia and they see Zach and think, wow, these guys are amazing. They're running the show. I could use something like that in my business. They're oh, going to show up early and they're going to be dedicated and, and do the job. Absolutely. So, so um, is there going to be a Rise and Eyes employment agency in the future? <laughs> well, whatever it takes to, to give these guys more opportunities, we'll, we'll do our yeah, best I to mean, make it happen. Are, are, there, are there employment agencies out there that you know of that help out in this area? There are. There are lots of people that, that try to help find these guys' jobs. Uh, there are groups that, that do vocational rehab, it's called, and, and they work to, to find jobs for these individuals. But again, it's, it's finding the space, finding maybe just that one person at that business that says, you know, we're going to give this a try and, uh, and see how it goes. So Publix um, hires this population, Goodwill, 
But when you sit and think about it, that's that's about all you have. So they can't take their resume like you and me and go apply at that shop or at that car dealership. It it just doesn't happen. But again, the hope is that that one person comes in the shop and sees, wow, this is really something. Wow, look at that person work. Look how hard they're they're back there working and smiling and having a good time. Why don't we try doing this at, at our business? Right. So, so, so really your strategy at this point is just putting them front and center and just letting the pop, the uh, public see what these folks can do. I, cause I just didn't know if there's like a strategy or something of this nature to really, you know, uh, bring greater awareness, uh, at least to the Sarasota area, because I can understand the frustration that you have with this because you see such great capabilities and what they've been able to do for you. And you certainly have a heart for these people, and uh, but re- really getting the word out uh, beyond uh, rise and eyes, I'm sure, is, is is a real, real desire of yours. Well, it is, and uh, and it's a de- desire of many other people in this town, or really all all over the place. So the hope is that this amazing coffee and ice cream shop uh, becomes a place again where people can see what what is possible, and uh, yeah, whatever we can do to help drive that and make it happen. We need to do it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I'm sure you have one or two other stories that you would like to share of, of something that would warm our hearts of, I don't know, maybe family members or mothers and fathers have seen their kids uh, being productive and being welcomed into your, your store. So you, you got you got to share at least one more with us. <laughs> well, let's see. Well, there's a story for each of these guys. It's uh well, I'll give you a couple. So there's one one guy that I that uh, he works a couple nights a week. Uh, his name's Caleb, and uh, uh, he helps out with all kinds of different things. He can run the register. He works on the ice cream side. Uh, he helps to deliver orders and clean tables. And uh, he just happens to have Down syndrome. So I'll walk him out to a table and introduce me. He loves to meet people. And uh, I'll say, hey, everybody, how's your food? How's it going? I'd like you to meet Caleb. And uh, I introduced him. This is Caleb. He's head of security. And people are, oh, okay. <laughs> They're wondering why. And so I tell them why. Caleb is a black belt in Taekwondo, a legitimate black belt. He's wrapping up his 10th form right now. And uh, people oh, wow. He's super fit, super put together. And then I mentioned he also happens to be amazing. Amazing. He's, he's a competitive ballroom dancer. And uh, he competes all over Florida. And he, he'll do a quick little little salsa, and hips are flying around. He's just he's something else. So, and he loves he loves doing that. I always ask him, "Is it okay if we talk about this?" And he's yes, yes, yes. So he's very proud of, of what he has accomplished in his life, and uh, and now he has a space to kind of share that, which is really fun. And so again, we're a nonprofit, and. Early on when we got going, there was a local company that was coming in all the time. And gosh, we're getting coffees. And we want you guys to cater this. And, and uh, how else can we support you? I said, well, just keep coming in. Uh, but a couple weeks later, they came in uh, with 15 of their co-workers and, uh, and a big giant golf check for 10000 bucks to, uh, to donate to our nonprofit. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And it was great. And so there's a girl who works with us uh, named Julia. And uh, Julia is amazing. Um, one thing about Julia, though, whatever's in her brain is going to come out of the mouth. Yes. So 
I had just met her uh, for our interview a couple of years ago. She looked straight at me and said, oh, you look just like Voldemort. <laughs> so, that was Voldemort? Voldemort, yes. So <laughs> I'm bald, right? I got no hair on my head and had the face mask on so my nose was squished up, whatever. And uh, God bless. Thought, oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Julia. That's amazing. Um, some people, when they're in line, when she's cashier, she says, oh, you look like Tom Cruise. But I, I didn't get Tom Cruise. <laughs> anyway, so so when the, when the uh, business came in and brought that big golf check, we all lined up in front of our beautiful wall with the bleeding hearts and a big mission statement. And we lined up and, and got set for the picture. And Julie is standing right beside me. And the lady taking the picture said, Julia, what do you like about working at Rise and Knives? And I was standing beside her thinking, oh, boy, you don't know what you're going to get. So here we go. Uh, but she said, well, I finally have friends. Oh, uh, oh And the my. place just fell apart. Oh, you know, now she has a safe place to work. She oh, can my. say when she wants to say. She can just be Julia and not have to worry about people picking on her and and locking her in a locker like probably used to happen when she was in middle school. And, right. You know, just... She's oh got a place where she can just be Julia. And it, it just it hit everybody hard. Uh, it hits me hard every time I tell that story. Sure. But, um, so we're just proud to be able to, to do things like give Julia space to just be herself and, and to thrive. Well, and she's got- an amazing artist. Saturdays, every Saturday now, she's painting in the shop, doing beautiful work and, uh, and selling her paintings as well. It's fun. Well, you are way, way, way beyond coffee and ice cream, my friend. That's an incredible story. That's an well, incredible story. Thank well, you. Well, I, you know, I, and, and so of course, when talk about the volunteer and and, and uh, donating phase of this episode, if you will. But you know, I, have, I have a friend, uh, Michael Corley, the uh, the Corley Group, and I interviewed him back on episode eighty four, and he's a real uh, he, he does strategic planning for nonprofits, but he. He's very, very um, uh, pro-involvement, that it's getting involved with nonprofits, even if you're still working, um, you know, you're still kind of in the accumulation phase of your career, if you will, for, you know, making a life for yourself and whatnot, you get involved with the um, nonprofit. So, you know, give us your pitch. Why should should people volunteer for Rise and Eyes? (laughs) We have a, a number of different ways to volunteer. Um, I, I love hanging out with the gang, but I'm the old bald guy. And uh, most of our team members are aged 18 to mid-30s, some a little bit older. Uh, so I hope they like hanging out with me, but we started a buddy program. It's a peer-to-peer buddy program. So many schools in the area require students prior to, to graduation to get community service hours. So I thought, my gosh, let's kind of tap into that. And so now we've got a whole pile of buddies slash volunteers that come in and help out in the shop. But they're hanging out with our with our gang that works there. So Vaughn's got a buddy he's working with, and Julia's got somebody she can hang with. And they just they'll work together, but then they get to talk about the latest movies and text together on the weekends and just become friends, become buddies. And that's been a very successful program for us. Um, for other volunteer opportunities, we have a number of fundraisers that we do throughout the year. So we always need help piecing those together and helping to spread the word. 
Sure. Um, and occasionally some people will just be available to, to just be around to, to be in the shop, just to be there and be an extra set of eyes or hands or just, just to be there for us. All right. So that's where the volunteer part can come in. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, so what are you excited about right now and where are you taking Rise and Eyes? So we have a food truck. We're working on that. Uh, cool. That's quite that. the thing now. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. So we're waiting for that to get tricked out and uh, take that, take the show on the road. We already do a good bit of catering. Chef in the back, he's up for anything. So I'll get a call. We've got a, we've got a big group. We've got 500 people at doctor's hospital and I <gasps> take a second and chef says, we got it. And, uh, so we, we take care of, we do catering all over town, which is great fun. Uh, plus the gang gets to get out and about. They all want to do the events and do the weddings so they can dance with the bride and groom and the bridal party and whatever. <laughs> so that makes it fun. Um, so the food truck's coming, working on that. And we want to, we want more of these shops around until it becomes a common thing for people with disabilities to get a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need more more opportunities for them. So we're looking at expanding in a number of places. Um, you know, a bunch are, are percolating, and hopefully they'll all come together. So, well, once once you get that uh, food truck tricked out, um, you know, I, I will connect you with a guy I interviewed a while back, Brett Cesera, the uh, what was it, Penguin? Excuse me, Florida Penguin Productions is the name of them, and they do yeah. a lot of festivals with. With food trucks, so I think that's that'd be really yep. cool to see you guys out there at the all the different festivals. I appreciate that. Thank you. We'd love that's to be great. there. That's <laughs> great. Well, listen, we are going to uh, put all your contact information in, of course, in the introduction and all the show notes and whatnot. But what you just tell us now, what's the best way to reach out to uh, Beaver Shriver? Rise and eyes. So a couple ways to do it: just walk into the shop. Uh, we're down on State Street, right next to Bricks Barbecue. Downtown yep. Sarasota. You know, if I'm not there, the gang can track me down. I live right around the corner. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, people can just stop by the shop, see what we're up to. That's that's the big thing. Uh, these guys have been dying to have a job, dying to be included, and uh, finally have a space w where that can all happen. So we need, we want people, we need people to come in to see what we're doing, to meet the gang, and, and just have fun with us. Um, and certainly supporting the nonprofit through whether it's a volunteer position or donating to what we're doing, we we obviously welcome that. That's fantastic. Well, well Beaver, this has been um, a, a it's time been time well spent on my part to find out what you're doing. I mean, it's just it's extraordinary the creativity that you brought with this, and really to have these uh, these fine people that are forgotten a lot in our society to to provide a platform for them to feel like they're wanted and, and loved. And you have certainly done that. So I just commend you. I thank you so very much. And um, anything else you want to leave us with before we say goodbye? Uh, let's see. Well, probably the big thing right now is for you to come down and get yourself some ice cream, not worry about your diet. And uh, <laughs> I'm coming down yeah. right now. I'm coming down <laughs> right now. And throw in some beignets. <laughs> that'll just top it off. All right. Good, good. Well, I won't get much done the rest of the afternoon Then I eat all that, but I don't care. This, this is too good to pass up. So, well, listen, thank you once again for being on the show. And everybody, I appreciate you tuning in. 
and uh, Beaver onward and upward. And we hope to see uh, rise and rise across the country. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect.